Uh, if you have your uh, you have your Bible, you have your phone, iPad, devices, whatever you use, uh, John chapter four. We're going to preach from John chapter four today. John chapter four is the story of uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman, right? So Jesus encountering the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Uh, we're going to preach from there. <clears throat> right. So you ready? How many of you are excited? Yes, I am excited. I am so excited. This is the second uh, series. Uh, second sermon in the series, Live Like Jesus. So if you missed the first series, it's really important how to live like Christ. You can go back uh, and listen to it. it. It will be in our church Facebook page or even in the website past sermon. I really would like you to listen to the first series because this is going to be a great, it's a sequence. There's a stages to build it up to where God has intended your life to be. So um, the sermon today is that if your life goal, if your life goal is to be a complete person, if your life goal is to be a complete person, then you have to live like Jesus. Why do I have to live like Jesus? One is that you want to be a complete person. The second one is you also want to make other people to become a complete person. Right? So there are two things here. First is that my life goal is that I want to be a complete person. I want to live the life that God has intended me to be. And also I want to impact other people to become the person that God intended them to be. So that's the sermon that we want. And we are going to look at the story of how Jesus encountered and interacted with the Samaritan woman. And I will put a layer. I will layer it with an encounter that I had with the Buddhist woman. And see how these things are working. How it worked in the past with what the Lord has modeled for us. And how it works today. Right? Any question on that one? We are clear? Right? So we'll follow the story of how Jesus interacted when he was here on earth. And I will layer it with how I encountered one Buddhist woman uh, to make this happen. Right. So we're looking. The second series is look. Right. It means be attractive. Okay. Uh, and we're going to hone in on this. Look and be attractive. All right. All of you look attractive anyway this morning. Awesome. You guys look attractive. Um, uh, but it might be just more than physical attraction or being attractive. Uh, though, let me read it here. The scripture uh, in John 4, I'm going to run down to 19. Uh, the, the woman said to him, to Jesus, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. I perceive that you are a prophet. See, there is, Jesus is, she finds Jesus very attractive here already. There is an attraction already. She is seeing the Lord in the, the Lord Jesus in the new light and suddenly, wow, something has happened. So in the natural world that they were together by the well of Jacob, something supernatural is happening. 
right? So in your natural world that you live in, how can we have this supernatural interaction and connection? That's what we're looking at. And when I talk about some supernatural stuff, don't feel like, oh, this is just way above me. No, we are always interacting with the supernatural and the natural. And you are the one that will connect the supernatural thing to the natural world. Do you have a supernatural power? We have supernatural power. And we have to believe and know this. Right? We have to believe and know this. That we have supernatural power. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. How did it come to this conversation? What is happening at this time? Now, um, let me put the picture for you. So Jesus was in Judea. And... um, there's a lot of baptism happening there. And sometimes many of you didn't know that Jesus baptized people, not actually by himself. But when you read in John chapter 4, the baptism that Jesus made, not by him, but by his disciples, was way more than John the Baptist now. Right? People are getting baptized by the disciples of Jesus. And what What is happening is the Pharisees are beginning to hear that there is a lot of baptism made by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Pharisees have heard about it. And that word has come to Jesus. And he said, "Mm, I am going to move. Jesus is interesting to me because he's one person... When everybody is trying to grow, he's one person that tries very hard, really, really hard, to not grow in size, right? He makes it very difficult for people. If you really want to follow me, you know, if you really want to follow me, you have to sell your belongings. You have to sell your stuff and follow me. Really? You got to love me more than your mom and your dad and your family. He's one guy that tried to make the church grow smaller in some way. I mean, of course, we know that he wants everyone to be in the kingdom of God. But he makes it hard. It's not like, yeah, come. You know, let's make the church grow. He is into discipleship. Right? He, so this morning, somebody called me and said, uh, when I was in the, here in the sanctuary getting ready, said, Pastor, I want to get baptized. You know, can I come today and get baptized? Uh, I said, hold on, maybe today is too early. I want to see you during the week. You know, why you want to get baptized? Uh, or do you understand why you want to get baptized? Right? See, this baptism, the ministry is growing. So they decided to move from Judea to where? To Galilee. Okay? So you're going to move from south up to north. So that is the background. That is the background. And here he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. Why does he need to go through Samaria? Now, if you come down from Samaria to Jerusalem, this, is what is, this was what was happening. So, most people... They cross over Jordan and come down to Berea and then come to Jerusalem. Why did they do that? Because they don't want to come down through Samaria. These people are nasty people. 
right? There's the hostility. They want to avoid the hostility of the Samaritans. So every Jew that wants to come to Jerusalem, they cross over Jordan, come down to Berea, and then come to Jerusalem, right? Now, the Lord Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Background, in Luke chapter 9, if you start reading from verse 51 onward, when Jesus was trying to go to Jerusalem one time, the Samaritan people would not host him. They wouldn't welcome him because he wanted to go to Jerusalem. And they treated him so bad. Okay? At that time, the disciples, they were saying, God, should I bring down fire from heaven like Elijah did? You remember the story of Elijah? We can get into that, I think, another sermon. He said, shall I bring down fire from heaven and let the Samaritans be consumed by the fire? And Jesus has to rebuke the disciples to say, the Son of Man, I did not come to destroy people's lives. I come to save them. What are you talking about? So the background is already there, that Jesus was not treated well in Samaria. Now, he needed to go through. This is very important. Because if you are going to make a person become the person that God intended them to be, what do you have to do? You have to be attractive. Be attractive. Attract people by being different. Okay. Attract people by being different. I am a foreign-born American citizen. I live in the region, in the most diverse region in the world right now. Okay? Here, 80 languages are spoken in the region where I'm living now. Okay? 80 languages. And 40% of the population are foreign-born. Okay? 80 languages, 40% are foreign-born. The top 10 language, do you know the top 10 language here are English, Spanish, Cantonese, right? Vietnamese, Mandarin, Hindi, Tagalog, Tamil, Telugu, Korean. These are the top 10 languages here, right? How many of those languages can you speak? One, right? Maybe one or two, right? Uh, yes, yeah, Vietnamese, English, right? Uh, so uh, now, why I'm saying this is the world that you were born into is nothing like the world you're living in now. Okay? The world that you were born into is nothing like you were living and you grew up. It's totally changed. That means the competencies and skills that you have when you were there, when you were born in the world that you know, is probably not that useful in the world that you live in today. So, what do we do? Like, I don't want to uh, take uh, the word of Darwin and make uh, blow it up, but adapt or die. Is you adapt or die? If you don't adapt to the changing world, you're not going to make impact in people's life. Now, if my goal is to be a complete person, then what do I do? I seek after the things that Jesus sought after. See, when you seek after the things that Jesus sought after, then you will be a complete person. And also, 
you will impact other people to become the complete person. This is not a magic formula, but this is the foundational principle, truth, of how to live life, Jesus. If you seek after the things that Jesus sought after, then all the things that you want to become will be added unto you. Okay? That is a spiritual truth. That is a promise that has worked thousands of years. For, yes, forever, eternity, right? And you will be able to impact other people. So what is your life goal then? If your life goal is that I want to be a complete woman, I want to be a complete man, I want to be a complete teenager, boys and girls, to be impacting other people's lives, then do not avoid people because they look hostile to you. You cannot avoid people because they look hostile to you. You can't avoid a place because, oh, that place, there is, I can't go there. That's normally where I don't go. Right? Well, be different. Do not avoid hostility. Go through it because you are going to impact the world that you live in. Unless you go into that, that place is not going to change. That person is not going to change. Be different. Go through it. He needed to go through Samaria. People that have not treated him well. Not everyone is going to treat you well. So when I get up to preach, Sunday I look out and at the back, there's this young couple that comes in and sit at the back. And uh, I saw the first Sunday, they came with two daughters, they're sitting at the back. In the staff meeting, I said, hey, did you get those family? Did anyone talk? No, we were not able to. Right? And they normally come again and they sit at the back. It seems to me that they want to avoid people. And they will leave before the service get over quickly and go out. Right? But I noticed that. and said they are different. Why? Because at that time, I was... Uh, uh, the church that I, I pastored was uh, like 98, 96% white people. Right? Caucasian. So when you have an Asian family come in with two daughters and sit at the back, they stand out. They stood out. They were different. They were different. I noticed that. You look at the world that you live in and see with the eyes of God. And I'm thinking, okay, I have to do something about this. I have to do something about this because I'm interested. But if I didn't look, if I was not paying attention, I wouldn't notice them. He needed to go through Samaria. Do not avoid people because they are different. Jesus was attracting tax collectors and sinners to him. When you read in Luke chapter 5, Matthew threw a big party because he wanted to introduce the tax collectors and sinners to Jesus Christ. And the Pharisees and the scribes came. They were drawn to him. They came and said, Oh, you eat with tax collectors and sinners? Yes, be different. Be different. Attract people. Attract people so you can impact their lives. Jesus did not avoid hostility of the Samaritans. See, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Give me a drink. 
Not only do you notice that people are different and not avoid going to where they are, what do you do? You take initiative. We have to take initiative if we want to become the complete person that God intended us to be and also impact other people that God intended them to be. Here, how did Christ took initiative? He said, give me water. Now you think that this give me water statement seems like very simple, right? But you have to look in the big picture here. This lady is coming out around 12 noon to fetch water because she wants to avoid people. She wants to avoid people because she has issues in her life. She has baggage that she's carrying and she doesn't want the world to know about it. So she's coming quietly when people are not there during the day, the noon that probably people are not coming to fetch water at that time. And Jesus was there at Jacob's well. Jacob's well. The land that Jacob bought, the forefather. And he was there. And he said, give me water. Give me water. Now, uh, we do not avoid people because they seem lowly. Right? We do not avoid people because they are not like you. You feel like, oh, maybe they're not worthy. Jesus is teaching us here. There are two things. One, he's breaking the barrier of gender and race. Why? Because normally the Jew doesn't have a dealing with the Samaritans. So here is a male Jew, Jesus Christ, dealing with a Samaritan that they don't have dealings with. Second, a male is dealing with a woman who they normally would consider lowly. Breaking the taboo of culture and gender. Race and gender. Right here. Right? Right here. You be attractive by taking initiative. So, my wife and we decided, okay, we had door, back door, front door. So one day, one Sunday when we came home, my wife and we decided, okay, you take the back door. I will take the front door and we're going to introduce ourselves to this couple. Right? We're going to make sure that we get connected to this couple. Right? So she took the back door. I took the front door. Make sure. And uh, uh, we did. Right? When we met, the husband's very soft-spoken, mild manner. She was even shy to even speak. And we found out that she can't even speak English properly, right? So, um, but we make connection. And we can okay, every Sunday or every week, we're going to make our point to invest in these people's life and become friends. Okay. Now, why I'm saying this is because, now in discipleship, let's just talk about discipleship. In discipleship, in the past, this is what the church do, right? You have a, uh, you organize an event. Okay? You organize, the church organize an event. People come to the event and then you invite a passionate, fiery, kind of a scary preacher, right? And he comes and preach to you on sin and hell and scare you a little bit, right? And then we'll call like Sharon, 
a worship leader, not our Sharon, okay? But a worship leader and come and sing nice emotional song, welcome them, and what? Voila! People come in front to this sacred altar call and they become uh, a Christian. Oh, that's not going to happen. That world doesn't exist. It may in some parts of the world, right? That is not going to happen. Because people don't know about God right now. Those people that are there, they have heard about the gospel all these years, and it may take one of that passionate kind of fiery hell and fire and brimstone uh, preacher to scare them a little bit so they can become a, a Christian. That's not going to happen. You, today, the world that we live in, is so different from where you grew up that unless we make friends, unless we make friends and get to know people, you're not going to make impact in their life. Are, are you with me? So this is where we start. We're not, I don't want you to be like the four spiritual law experts, right? Or this, uh, uh, the bridge model experts and you're just waiting them to take them over. That will not happen. It will take years for that to happen. So we are at, where are we at? We are at looking. We are at taking initiatives. We are at noticing people, where they come from, what language they speak. Do they speak Decalogue, Tamil, Telugu? Do they speak Cantonese, Mandarin? Are they speaking Spanish or are they speaking English? We are at there. That is the stage where we are to impact people's life. It's going to take work. That's what I'm trying to say. Do not avoid people because they are lowly. Jesus initiated the conversation. Jesus ate and drank with the tax collectors and sinners. Even in Luke 15, how did it open? The tax collectors and sinners were drawn to Jesus. He was attractive, my friends. They want to hang out with him. This guy has something that the sinners and tax collectors have. The problem with us today is that Christians are not attractive. Right? How do you know? Because I know when I go to work out at the Y, or I, I grow to a great length not to introduce them as a pastor. Yes, it's the truth. Why? Because if I tell them that I'm a pastor, they will shut down. They wouldn't have connection with me. Right? So, many people at the Y, I've been working out for three years, they don't even know I'm a pastor. This is the reason why they come and tell me and say, Oh, I had a bad hangover last night. Because they don't know I'm a pastor. Why? Because I want to have, I want to build relationship with them. I want to be their friends. But being a Christian, being a pastor, has had this negative connotation. We have earned this bad reputation that we are not attractive anymore. That the sinners and the tax collectors of those times don't want to hang out with us. That is very sad. That is a sad, sad thing, right? Which of us is more righteous and holy than the people that is walking on the street this morning? Anyone? No. I am a chief sinner. The person that is driving by our church this morning is no different from me. I want to connect with that person. I want to work out with that person. So now, if I come a little late, 
at the workout when we do the body attack. Oh, we're waiting for you. We can't start without you. I say, come on, let's go, right? <laughs> let's go. You build a relationship. Why? Because I want to impact their lives to become the person that God intended them to be. But this may not happen. It may take another two years. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with the Samaritan? How is it that you? How is it that you? Come again? How is it that you? So my wife and I, we invited this couple to a Thanksgiving dinner. At that time, we found out that he is a Christian, he was a Christian, and she was a Buddhist. And she is coming to church because the husband and the daughters want to come to church, and she wants to learn English. There you go. I got an opening there. She wants to learn English. Right? I say, great. Come to our small group during the week. It's smaller, and you can listen to people talk in English because they talk English. You know? And you can learn. So that's how we started at the Thanksgiving. And invited them. And she became close to my wife. Why? Because we were talking about family. We were talking about finances. We were talking about our parents. We were talking about studies and schools. That's all we talk about. We didn't talk about God. We didn't talk about heaven. We didn't talk about hell. We didn't talk about sin. It wasn't time. It wasn't time to talk about. But we talk about food that we want to eat. We talk about our, our kids, our school. school. See? And uh, do not reject people because they are of different race. Do not reject people because they are of different race. The reason why Jesus was at, at the... At the uh, at Jacob's well, it's not by accident. He knows, right? One, because the Samaritan also believed that Moses is the only prophet. Moses is the only prophet. And Moses said in Deuteronomy 18, when you read from Deuteronomy 18, he said, among, from among you, a prophet is going to come. A prophet is going to come and he is going to speak the word of God. He's going to tell you the things of God. It's not by accident that he's there. He has some connection already. He knows that this Samaritan woman know about this Moses. That he knows about Jacob's well. Because she will say, are you greater than my father Jacob? She knows about it. And Jesus is trying to make this connection to, to point to say, I am he. But he didn't say that in the beginning. You see, he said, give me a drink. He didn't start the conversation with, I am Christ, I am the Messiah, believe in me right now. No. He started with, give me water. Because they were at the well. You, you get the point? So when you start with a friend, a conversation, when you know what, what kind of sports they watch, where they live, what food they eat, what language they speak, then you'll be able to make connection. You have to look and watch first. We have people from Brazil here. 
we have, we have Brazilian, then we can do some samba, right? <laughs> How about that, right? Come to our Zumba class. You know? Ways to connect. Super Bowl. Soccer. World Cup. Biggest sports in the world. And people love soccer. They miss Sundays during the World Cup. Worship, right? So we have to look at this. We have to look at this. Do not reject people because they are of different race. Jesus broke the barrier of race and gender. Jesus hung out with the Samaritan woman. Yeah? Be attractive. Be attractive. Attract people with acceptance. Acceptance. Now, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. How did he come here now? I perceive that you are a prophet. Because the disciples came and said to Jesus, Why are you talking to her? Why are you talking to her? Right? So the conversation is, Okay, give me a drink. It started, No. Oh, why, why are you talking to me? You are a male Jew. You don't have even something to get the water or a pitcher or a pot. And what do you say you will give me water? Where, the well is deep. How are you going to give me a water? Oh, give me that water that you talk about. It's, it's a back and forth. And Jesus said, well, you know, um, uh, uh, you have five husbands. What? You know? You know, uh, and she's saying, well, you have failed relationship. You have had failed uh, relationship, five husbands already, and the one you're living with, um, he's not your husband. And suddenly, this, the natural world is connected to the supernatural thing. See? There's something happening here. There's something happening here. And she's like, well, you know, you're a prophet. In Silicon Valley, one of the things that we try to do is that we try... To attract people with our genius. Right? Uh, and believe me. Uh, uh, believe me from my experience. Uh, that is not the case. Because your pastor is a genius. He knows. <laughs> yeah, I had the same reaction. <laughs> oh, but you can connect people with your genuineness. See? You don't have to be a genius. But you genuine. This Sunday, last Sunday, I was sitting in our dining table, my wife and I, with this guy that we've been praying for three years. And he, he's right there in front of our dining table. We're eating and talking. And then we say, you know, we're no different, all of us. I didn't tell that I've been praying for him for three years. I didn't say. But I say, we just want to build relationship, be authentic. You know, just be ourselves. Don't put any facade or barrier on. Just be yourself. And then he started talking. He started talking about life. It's like, wow, this is amazing. Why? Because we were just genuine. People are not impressed by your, your genius. They do, maybe. But when it comes to life issues, to become the person that they are, they just want you to be authentic, to be genuine, that you love them and care for them. Right? That you love and care for them. So, this young couple, they started to invite us to their home. So we went to eat. We went to eat with them. And we didn't share the gospel during this time. Uh, And that night, it's past midnight. And uh, she said, so what about this Buddha and Christ, Jesus thing? 
right? Well, we have been ready for this. We have been ready for this. So we talk about Buddha, we talk about Christ. In short, my wife said, well, you, in a nice way, you can either worship Buddha or you can either worship Christ. You can't do both. He said in a nice way. You can't serve two masters. There was silence. Like there was literally some silence. And I was thinking, what's going to happen? Well, she started sobbing. She sobbed. She started sobbing. We were there late till late night. You know, do not exclude people because they are not from a First Baptist church. Right? Because First Baptist Church can be a barrier. And we have to remove every barrier to the gospel. To let people become the person that they ought to be. Then we have to remove the barrier ourselves. If we have to be a complete person, we have to remove the barrier of prejudice. Right? Discriminating other people. Looking down on other people. It can't happen. The world has changed. Not everyone is going... It's not going... It is changed. Rapidly changing. It will change. It will never be the same. So, if we are not looking at the world with the eye of Christ. And if we are not looking at the Jesus... And if we're not looking at the people through the eye of Jesus, we're not going to make any impact. It's not going to be possible. Do not exclude people because they are not from First Baptist Church. Because Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, Jerusalem is not going to be the center of worship. It's not going to be Mount Gerizim. You know what's going to be the center? Me. And whoever worships in spirit and in truth, that's what the Father is looking for. This statement was so radical that people wanted to kill him. More than anything else, because he said, I'm going to destroy Jerusalem. He, people wanted to kill him. Since that time, people were trying to kill Jesus Christ. See, geography, location, people, culture, affinity to who we are. These kinds of things makes us, makes us not become the person that God wants us to be if we are not careful. Are you with me? How are we doing? Yes? Any question on this one? Because I have some, some nuggets more. Because we, we, we got to hone in on this. Are we doing okay? Yeah, I want to give you a big hand, guys. Yes? Right? You, you know why we have about 14 nations worshiping in our church? It's because we are trying to live like Christ. Okay? We're trying to live like Christ. So this is something very important for us. Jesus said, The center of worship is God, not Jerusalem, not Mount Gerizim. The house of God is for all nations. Yes! It's for all nations. That's what He's trying. That's why He needed to go through Samaria. And the lady, and that's why the Samaritan woman is saying, how is that you talk to me? How is it that you're talking to me? 
Be attractive. Attract people to Jesus. Here, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Me. I used So, she was sobbing that night, this Buddhist woman. And we were talking, talking in prayer. And she said, and she said, this is what she said. If I follow Jesus Christ, what will happen to my mother? Right? Uh, because the father has passed. The mother has told her not to become a Christian, to be a good Buddhist all her life. And she said, if I become a follower of Jesus Christ, something bad will happen to my mother. Now, that statement is loaded with spiritual... It's, uh, if we were to say in Christianity, it was like loaded with theology, okay? In her belief, if you do good things, good things will follow. If you do bad things, bad things will follow. That's called karma. Okay, karm. Good works lead to good deeds. Good works lead to good life. Karm, the basis of Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, Jainism. The main religion in the Eastern world is based on karm, karma, right? So if I follow Jesus Christ, bad thing will happen to my mother. And with, I want to say, no, God will take care of your mother. No, we didn't say that. My wife and we didn't say that. We talked about God loved us so much that He sent His only Son that in His sacrifice, you may know, because offering and sacrifice is very relevant in the Eastern world. People go to temple, they offer all the time. That sacrifice, you don't have to do it anymore because Jesus is the perfect sacrifice substitute for all offering that we need to bring. And God loves you so much and loves us so much that He sent Jesus Christ who was willing to sacrifice Himself for us that if we were to follow Him, we will become a child of God and it will not be dependent on work that we do. Right? That's what we said. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And we are here. Now, my wife and I, we didn't push her to become, to convert to Christianity. We didn't do that. We didn't tell her, fast track and convert now. No. Ask for closure and decision. We are willing to lead you into believer's prayer. No, we didn't do that. We said, think about it. Well, this is past two Thanksgiving and two Christmases already. See, this did not happen in one conversation. It's two Thanksgiving, two Christmases. On the third Christmas, we had a party. And uh, my, all of us, we come in a friend's house. And at the end of it, we had food, give exchange. But we also had worship and talking about why Jesus came and I was talking the message to the children and said, Jesus loves you, the gospel. And why Jesus came? Because he absolutely loves you and he wants to give you a new life. You become a new creation. He wants to be the perfect sacrifice for you. So you don't have to go to God through work. And I was talking to the children and say, how many of you kind of want to become a follower of Christ? And one of the girls, 10 year old, say, raise their hand. Like, wow, I didn't expect that. Then I look. And this Buddhist lady is sitting on the floor with the children, and also she is holding her daughter. And I look at her and say, what do you think? You know? And she said, I want to become a follower of Christ. Right? She became 
the most passionate Christian follower of Christ, then even those people, they were trying to convert her, right? And the husband became the backbone of a church. My wife and we were able to uh, ordain this new pastor of this new, new church plan. And they became the backbone of this new church plan. And they served the Lord. They were taking the youth to youth camp. They were having Bible study in their house. She was cooking up storm and cooking up food. No, she didn't preach out her brain. Right? Uh, uh, but she gave a lot of food. Okay? How did that happen? It happened because somebody noticed her sitting at the back. See? It didn't start with, you want to go to heaven or hell. Right? Accept Christ or you will go to hell. If you die today, where will you spend your eternity? All these things that works before, it's not going to probably work today. Don't do that. Just share food. Try to learn the language. Watch sports that they like. Hang out with them. Talk about schools, kids. You know why you do that? When you do that, you are seeking after the things that Jesus sought after. And you will become the person that you want to be. God will add everything to you. What you always want to be. And you will also impact other people to become that God wants them to be. You see this? See, the model that Christ gave in, in this conversation, that happened in one, in one go because He's God. I mean, Jesus is God. He can see all the things that we probably take for three, four years. But we can't jump to stage 10 without following the stage 1. And this is the stage 1. Look, be attractive. Okay, sister? You got it, right? Be attractive. Attract people to Jesus. Attract people to you. And that's what Jesus did. So, so, here. Uh, the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Good, did good this be the Christ? And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me that all that I ever did. Do not control the good news because you think people are unworthy. Do not control the good news. The good news is for everyone. Jesus thought that the Samaritan woman was worthy of the good news. And because of that, she took the good news and changed the village. Samaria said, yes, she changed the village. All of us are worthy of the good news. Everyone is worthy of the good news. Every race is worthy of the good news. Every tribe is worthy of the good news. Every tongue is worthy of the good news. Santa Clara First Baptist Church is worthy of the good news. And we are the lighthouse of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ here in Silicon Valley. That's who we are. That's who we are, right? And I am so glad that you are a part of it. I am so glad that you are a part of it. So, are you ready to go and impact and change somebody's life today? Yeah, that's what we should do. Yes. Let's have the worship team come up. Yes. 
Let's worship the Be a complete person and make others become a complete person. That's what Jesus did. So if, if, you were, if you didn't get anything out of it today, well, I know you do because I can see it in your eyes and your face. But remember this. Be a complete person and make others become a complete person. In order to do that, look to Christ and look to the world with the eyes of God. Then it will happen. Right? Have you ever seen the wonder? In the glimmer of the first sight, right? Salvation in the eyes of people and in the heart of people. Come on, let's stand and worship God. Let's stand and worship the Lord God Almighty.